Welcome to the Block Podcast. I am Chris Wells. And I'm Carolyn Winner. We are emotionally focused therapists. And we are here to be curious about the blocks in your relationships. And to learn to see those blocks as opportunities to connect. again we're back again yeah um we just left you guys last time talking about understanding emotions uh, and there's one that kind of comes up a lot in session um and mm-hmm. that i think a lot of times gets um gets misunderstood a lot it has a bad reputation a very bad, bad reputation yeah. right so it makes it hard to embrace this emotion yes as adaptive or good or right. helpful in connection, right? Yes. It seems like such an obvious block to connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anger. That's the emotion. Yeah. Anger as a block, but actually an opportunity to connect. Mm-hmm. That sounds so hard that anger would be an opportunity to connect. Isn't that interesting? Like mm-hmm. anger as a block makes so much sense, right? Yeah. And you hear it all the time, like, I won't speak to you when you're angry or mm. um, your anger scares me. Yeah. Um, nothing good comes from anger. You know, biblically it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger mm. or something like that. Yeah. I'm probably butchering the exact translation, but yeah, we don't hear a lot of good things about anger. Mm. And I, I think that makes sense because really what we're, what those statements are capturing is what we do in our anger. Right. Yeah. So then it gets lumped together that that all of that is bad. Yes, yes. So, instead of yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, like our, our responses to the anger are what characterizes the anger. That's what that's what everybody sees. Yes. So that's how everybody sees the emotion is just it's it's a bad thing. Bad. Right. Yeah. And I don't think we would say like we're wanting to disentangle that mm-hmm. and say anger in and of itself. Hmm. is an opportunity to connect. But I think we would both say, yeah, those things that are done in anger, um, I don't know, would we say that's an opportunity to connect? It's not a great one. <laughs> I don't, so the, I think the anger itself, if we, if you're exploring it, if you're understanding it, if you, if you know where it's coming from, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to connect. If mm-hmm. you can, if you can explain it, if you can, you can understand it. The, I mean the the responses to it, Ugh. the behave, the angry yes. angry behaviors that come out of it. Not very they, connected. They can be very damaging, yes. very um, yes. very disconnecting. Yes. Um, and so, I think they can be an opportunity to connect the behaviors, but yeah, retro maybe retroactively, retrospectively. Yeah. Um, I, so I think what we're saying is we just we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I'm you know I think it's good to kind of be curious about that and explore it. Like, could any of those behaviors be actually an opportunity to connect? And I think we're we're keeping the core of it mm. in when we say that. So yes, it makes so much sense that when you yell or the the things that you say yeah. or throwing things or you know whatever that those things do not um sort of lend themselves to much curiosity right that we would say this doesn't feel particularly safe Mm -hmm. um 
And so what, as we said, what often happens is the whole thing gets scrapped. And what we want to do is we want to hold on to the, the purpose, right. the, the feeling itself. The exception to that is people say, oh, righteous anger is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, righteous anger is aimed more at justice. Right. Uh, you know, sort of, uh, there's been a violation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we say that, most of the time we say anger is a secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. It's protecting a deeper emotion. And that's true. But when it comes to righteous anger, we say that is the core emotion. Yeah. Because yeah. at, its, at its core, anger is trying to right the wrong. Like that is what mm-hmm. it is. That is what it's calling our bodies to do. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of different um, characterizations, or not characterizations, um, a lot of different maybe purposes within that mm-hmm. you know so you know the, the righteous anger like somebody has has hurt you or somebody you love and that anger is calling you to to fix that right you know to make that to right. make that right um <clears throat> and action. how we respond to that can be positive or it can be negative mm. You know, we can respond to righteous anger in a way that mm-hmm. that 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 satisfies that need to right. to make things right mm-hmm. without it. Um, I don't want to say negative, without it being seen as negative, but without without that, you know, the danger. I get, yeah, I'm not sure. But maybe the danger to it. Um, you're sort of saying like we want to serve the purpose right like meet the need that's happening and be careful not to go beyond that right because then we can bring more damage yeah. instead of righting a wrong now we've got two wrongs yeah yeah because yeah. because anger can can come out different ways it can come out in in protection it can come out mm-hmm. in defense mm-hmm. it can come out um you know where maybe we're trying to motivate change in somebody and anger is the way that that comes out right right so there's there's um there's different functions of anger. Right. Yeah. Um, so we we want to invite this idea that we want to allow anger to mm. be acknowledged, to be recognized. We want to kind of sit with that anger long enough to say, mm. "What are you trying to tell me? What What's the function of my anger? What Yeah. What is the anger trying to tell me? Right." Yeah. When did this start? What got this going? Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes I'll say, you know, if that anger could speak, what would it say? Right. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that is kind of tuning into it. There's where I think the opportunities to connect are. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the, that block can become an opportunity to connect. When we understand what the function is. What is what is the anger trying to say? Mm-hmm. What is it trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Um, is it trying to right a, a, a righteous wrong? Mm-hmm. Am I, am I, is the wrong just that I'm not being heard so I don't feel that you're valuing sure. me? You know, and that anger isn't saying you're not valuing me, mm-hmm. you know, in the moment. It's, it's, you know, it's like attacking the other person. Right, when we move from that anger, mm-hmm. right? When, um, when I think it is so, it's like so disciplined to notice the anger to acknowledge the anger, obviously, uh, relationally, we would have to kind of name it in some way to say, yeah, I'm kind of angry, but maybe I need some time to sit with this and really understand. Yeah. Um, this, 
might feel like going a little bit off track mm. to come back on, but I wanted to just consider what if we weren't able to claim our anger, mm. right? What if we grew up in a home or uh, some kind of community, whether that's a faith community mm. or uh, any kind of community that, that really has this belief system, let's say, or part of the belief system is that anger is bad. Right. And so we try to cut off our anger, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it's, uh, something to where you, you know, the anger is not, not acceptable. So you just have to accept whatever's happened to you. Yeah. Um, whatever wrong has happened to you, you're just like, you just have to, yeah, you have to turn the other cheek. You have to, you know, you have to take it and then and not respond to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what's been taught to you because that's uh, that's just that's the culture that you grew up in. Just it just leaves us in such bad places, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so that example, right? Like with just using that phrase, turn the other cheek, it makes me think of anger as protection. Mm-hmm. So isn't it funny that we'll say boundaries are good and important, but don't get angry, yeah. right? Like, and without the, that anger energy, how do we know that a boundary is needed? Right. You know? Yeah. So that leaves the person without protection. Mm-hmm. I also was thinking, and I know we talk about gender and socialization a bit about men and how men's anger is seen as scary. Yeah. And so I think in many ways that message can be sent that like you are not allowed to get angry yeah you know i mean just i know a lot of people that say i'm six foot four and i have a big booming voice mm-hmm. if i don't contain my anger people get really scared of right. me people people see me as a threat if, right. I, if I don't right um and you know i'm I'm not a I'm not a black man as you can obviously see by my you know my, my skin tone. Right. I have I have heard from a from a, a number of, of African American friends and, and people that I that I know that you know there's a a, a very similar to that like there I can't right. get mad because then I'm going to be seen right. as you know as a as a threat as a danger. Yeah. Um, and suppressing anger ends up being like a survival. Thing for some right. people, you know, like this is how I have to survive because right. if I'm seen as a threat, then bad things then are going to happen to me, happen to to me or the people that I care about. Yes, um, yes. But and then we then we end up maybe pushing that anger away, right? You know, and but what do we what do we do with that? You know, because that the anger is serving a very good purpose, right? It's trying to tell us, you know, tell us some very important things. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it, um, you know, on one extreme, like we put anger out there, and it's seen as, as dangerous and a threat. On the other hand, we like we suppress it because you know, and then it doesn't get a voice. And then what happens? What happens to that inside? You know, mm-hmm. when we when we don't allow the anger to have a voice, right? You know, even if it doesn't come out as you know angry and aggressive and you know you know really big, right? If it never gets a voice, where does that leave you? That's what I was thinking. You know what? Um... What happens when you said what happens inside? If I can't express my anger, I'm sure it's going to show up in all kinds of other ways inside. It's going to yes. impact your organs. It's going to lead to probably physical health problems, high blood pressure, yeah. um, maybe high cholesterol. We might take on some other like coping 
behaviors, right? If I have to suppress, if I have to stuff, yes. I, I might need to pour some alcohol on top of those suppressed mm. emotions wow. to kind of dissipate them. Yeah. Um, or sugar or dissociate or whatever. And then isn't that awful? Then I can imagine you'd be seen as gluttonous or, or lazy mm. when you're really trying to... That's the only way I know how to cope with this because I'm not able to express it. Right. And then sometimes, you know, like I, I can I can see like with alcohol, maybe I'm suppressing those things that are making me angry, but then the alcohol it loosens those inhibitions and then yeah. it comes out and then all yeah. of a sudden, you know, you're an angry drunk because that's the right. that's the only time that it gets to come out is yeah. when we've been when we've been inebriated. Right. And so there's so much blame that can come mm-hmm. when really what we're saying as we're, we're wanting to see anger as an opportunity to connect is that yeah. there is something, there's a real need, there's a real mm. um, issue underneath. And instead of labeling the person right, right as an angry drunk or an angry person or whatever, or lazy, yeah. that we want to be curious about, you know, what is happening? What could Put you in this place yeah. so I think I wanted to kind of divert a little bit to sure. say if we can't access our anger mm-hmm. um, bad things can happen yes. it can leave us in a bad place um, physiologically emotionally if mm-hmm. if there isn't the activating energy of anger we could be just left in despair yeah. and depression um, I think about um, polyvagal theory, which is going to sound super clinical, but I think, I don't know, it's getting, people are learning about it, but it's, it's, uh, they use the ladder image that at the top of the ladder is when we're in ventral vagal. And that means that we're, we're calm, we're, we're able to be sociable, Mm -hmm. we're not in a survival mode. Yeah. And then there's the parasympathetic activation, which we would see things like anger there, right? It's the um, fight and uh, uh, of like fight and flight, right. you know? And then the rung beneath that is called dorsal vagal, and that's the shutdown, mm. the frozen deer in headlights. Yeah. Um, and what was curious to me in the beginning of my work with couples is that <laughs> I was... So, you know, we, we could presume that withdrawers tend to go more to the, like, dorsal vagal place, like the shutdown yeah. place. They go down, all the way down the ladder. Pursuers kind of hang out at that second rung of parasympathetic activation. And, you know, because it's a ladder, you can't go from full shutdown, dorsal vagal, depression, depression, despair, all of that, and just skip over the middle rung mm. and go back to ventral vagal. Yeah. You have to go through parasympathetic activation. You have to get back in touch with some of that anger yeah. or frustration, whatever you want to call it. But there is an activating energy that moves us back to the place we want to be. Yeah. And when I learned that, it gave me... It, it made me sad because I think inadvertently I was expecting the people in my life or the couples that I was working with, mm-hmm. like, okay, you just come out of this shutdown right. place. You come out and you go right back to being cool as a cucumber and ready to yeah. connect. If you can just stop being angry, we can talk. Right. Or just go, go from shutdown to open, yeah. right, without going through the anger. And so I was setting people up to fail. Yeah. Right? And... 
that so right it's it what you're saying is it's a it's a good and necessary step and i think if we know that right if you are a withdrawer yourself who tends to drop to dorsal vagal to, tends to shut down then this is permission for you right please embrace some of that activating mm-hmm. energy of anger yeah if you are a pursuer in a relationship in some way shape or form with a withdrawer who might go to dorsal vagal um Hopefully, this will help you embrace when they're coming out of that state and give some empathy or compassion that, like, just to recognize that that is what's going to bring them back to you. Yeah. Right? That they have to have some of that energy to then get back to a place of connection. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so bad things can happen. We can stay stuck in a shutdown if we can't embrace anger as yeah. a good thing. And then I think the other thing we were talking about when we were discussing this episode was like this idea that anger is actually quite relational mm. because of what you said, right? Like yeah. what is the anger? If the anger could speak, what is it trying to say? It might be saying like, that didn't feel good. Something was missing. And we can be curious about what what would I have wanted? Maybe it's just a preference, right? right? That, um, you know, you kind of you kind of turned away from me really quickly while I was talking. And, you know, it just would have felt better to, to have you, you know, not be distracted in that yeah. way, right? It's, it's not like a big slight against you as a person, but it is kind of saying this is what would feel good to me. And if I can tune into myself and that feeling and further tune into that message mm-hmm. and share that message with you... Yeah therein lies an opportunity to what, connect. What is my anger telling me? Mm-hmm. If I can tune into that, then I can I can tell you. And then it's like, why haven't you done the dishes yet? Why haven't you gotten that done yet? Mm-hmm. You know, what, 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 what's going on? You know, it's, we can maybe slow it down and understand, like, why am I so angry yeah. about the dishes? Right. What is it that is is driving that? What is it that's, that's saying, I've been wronged by this? Yeah. And then maybe we step it down a little bit. Right. You know, and right. express what it is, where that anger is coming from, what, right. what the actual voice is to the anger, right. as opposed to the voice that, that comes out. Yeah. It's so interesting, though, because when you did that, even in, like, acting that out, mm-hmm. my, my chest went, <gasps> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> That's exactly what, <gasps> and my breath got caught, and, you know, it was a good thing that you kept talking because mm-hmm. as you kept talking, but not from that place, right? I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> um, so it really goes to show how here we are saying, tune into that anger and hold mm-hmm. it. But I think even that example that you did, we're going to react from our anger. Yeah. We're just going to. Mm-hmm. The hope is that we can sort of catch and slow that reaction. Yeah. And that's why I think in the last episode we talked about... Um, noticing what we do right mm-hmm. so you might be easy for you to notice that your volume went up yeah the intensity of your voice right like you got big in terms of reaction yeah. um and that that's an invitation to be curious about what the heck is this all about right yeah and it can it can look like that it can look like you know sitting over here grinding my teeth and not saying anything right right it might not be loud right but it doesn't mean it's not big yeah but what is what is 
the anger trying to tell me? What is if I had a voice? If that anger had a voice that isn't yelling and screaming, mm-hmm. what is that anger trying to say? What mm-hmm. is it trying? What wrong is it trying to right? Yeah. And you know where? Because I mean, if it is you know coming out as a, if it's not the primary emotion, if there's you know if there's something else underneath it, like what it what is that thing that I'm hurting for? Yeah. You know what what's hurting me that I'm that I'm responding in anger that I'm that it's coming out. Yeah. I was just, as you were saying that, I was thinking, like, what is the anger asking for? Yeah, yeah. It's asking for something. Mm-hmm. Or there is an ask there, if we can find it. Yeah. Um, and generally, you know, our bigger anger responses come with the people that we're close with. Sure. And so it makes sense that we have more wants from them than we do people that we, you know, don't need so much um whether those are co-workers or family or friends or whoever like we do we depend on each other yeah so it's kind of hard i think especially going back to what you were saying before if you come from communities where anger was not seen as acceptable to embrace this idea that we're going to get angry Mm -hmm. we're going to feel that yeah we're going to even react or respond from our anger um, and what what we're trying to say is that's not always a bad thing mm. that we can I mean if we just stop there then yes right because it seems a little bit hopeless yeah. but if we see that as the start to an opportunity to connect and we stay with it yeah. and we get curious and we find what is the message what is the ask is there a feeling underneath here? How does this make sense? Then um, talk about coming close. Yeah, because we don't get angry for no reason. Right. You know, there's a reason for the anger. There's a reason right. behind it. There's something that's driving it. And, um, and we're not just angry people. You know, we're not, I'm not just an angry person. You know, there's something... That's not the end of the story. Right, that's not the end of the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, because you might see somebody who really, like, anger is the most... I've talked about, or we've been talking about, like, what if you can't embrace your anger? Yeah. Um, but you might also meet someone where anger is the only acceptable emotion. I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people say, yeah, in my home growing up, you could be happy and you could be angry, and that was it. Yeah. You know? And so you might say, well, I know somebody who's an angry person. And I think what we're saying is, I wonder what's missing. Mm-hmm. I wonder what need hasn't been met. Yeah. I wonder about, and it's easier to wonder this when the 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 reactivity isn't happening right here, right now, as we're mm-hmm. discussing it. But you know, um, I think it can bring a lot of compassion and empathy, and maybe even sadness when you yeah. think about that very angry person. And I think, wow, how many times must that person have been abandoned in their mm-hmm. time of need, yeah. or neglected, or rejected? And you talked about anger as a protection. So if you're a very angry person, it says to me you have a, you have a need for a lot of protection. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of hurt behind that. Yeah, it brings to my mind like you, you the, the the stereotypical like grumpy old man. Yeah, <laughs> get out of my lawn. Right, right, right. And, and there's maybe maybe he's mm-hmm. had a tremendous amount of loss, and he's mm-hmm. you know, and there's. That anger is like there's there's some bitterness about the the loss that's yeah. there, and it's not that he's an, a grumpy, angry old man. 
it, there's 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 some, some sadness there's yeah. there's grief that is behind that that anger isn't the whole story there mm-hmm. you know that there is something else there mm-hmm. that if somebody was just curious about that mm-hmm. and you know could open that up um in the one that he would be open to right. being opened up right <clears throat> there was some curiosity about well what it what's what is else what else is going on right right yeah and then could could you imagine if you know that person could have that grief spoken to mm-hmm. you know and that somebody could come alongside to you know to say hey I've been there or you know you're not alone in this you know or yeah. you know there are other people there are people that care about you you know and you know but having that you know so that that person doesn't feel alone then maybe maybe that anger you know gets gets hurt you know yeah. that it, it gets responded to and then all of a sudden maybe they're they're not as grumpy anymore mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they're not you know that, that it's not it's not there because there's there's more story behind it right because the purpose for that anger has been met yeah right um yeah i th- i loved what you were saying in that example and i think what we're talking about most is uh on the individual level, right? How can I notice my anger? How can I tune into, how can I embrace it as relational, tune into it? What is the message it's trying to say? And then how can I share that message? Mm -hmm. Um, I think doing that work, right? Going through that process would sort of settle someone. Mm -hmm. So I'm not gonna be shouting at you, this is my need. But um, because I think when we identify a need, it automatically puts us in a more vulnerable place, um, which is the best place for connection to occur, right? It's sort of like the easiest for connection to occur. It's the hardest for us to get to. Mm -hmm. Um, So really we're talking about like focus on yourself because I think when we think about someone else entering into our anger, it gets a little trickier, right? So in that example with the like grumpy old man, if somebody said, oh, okay, sir, you know, and was just like really mm, soft yeah. and whatever, he might be like, you know, not be able to yeah. take that in. Certainly, also, we don't want to match anger with anger. Right. Um, so I think I want to hold that w- our focus has been on the self, but I also want to say we know it is so hard to be on the receiving end. Yeah of that and it is not your responsibility to do all of the legwork and trying to understand. But if we hold this as true for ourselves, we can also maybe hold it in our hearts for someone else and say, just, you know, give a little bit of space and say, I'm sure something else is going on here. Yeah, because it is, it's really hard to, to reach that person, to speak to the anger when they're in the emotion, in the anger. Right? Yes, yes. Because that's kind of the way that our brains work, and it does. Then we maybe when we're in that anger, we're in some of that fight flight mode. We're in that primal part of our brain to where we don't have enough cognitive room, enough enough processing room to be able to to hear, mm-hmm. you know, the response to it. And mm-hmm. that so, yeah, maybe in the middle of the anger isn't isn't the time to. Mm-hmm. To come and approach it and to to be curious about it, right? But maybe maybe afterwards, you know, if it's your spouse, hey, you know, you got really upset about that. Mm-hmm. Help me understand that. 
can I can can we kind of be be curious about it together? Right, right. Um, could right. could be. I mean, if there if there's if there's safety to be able to do that. So I think what we're saying essentially mm-hmm. is, if we if we go outside of anger for a moment, right? Mm-hmm. Emotions are signaling something. They're signaling something. Yeah. Some of them have anger particularly has gotten a bad reputation mm-hmm. and so it can be tempting to want to cut it off right or cut it out yeah we're saying can you embrace that anger is happening for a very good reason mm-hmm. and stay with it slow it down tune in why is this happening what if my anger could say something what would it say yeah. And from that more settled, slowed down place, can you risk sharing that mm. with your yeah. partner, with your friend, with the person? Um, and maybe if we rinse and repeat that process, we can begin to embrace anger as relational. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe it is less scary to us mm-hmm. if, we can, if we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, we don't have to be maybe even afraid of our own anger, you know, in yeah. that. if we can slow down, be curious about what it's trying to tell us. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not as dangerous as we think it is. Right. Um, and we are, you know, we can put some words to that to, you know, to, to really try to get that need met to whatever the message is that the anger is trying to get across. Yeah. Yeah. So be curious about your anger. Be curious. Yeah. If you're feeling stuck or if anything in this episode resonated with you where this is kind of going on in your relationship and you would like some more support through this, um, we've got some resources for you. Yeah, you might want the support of an EFT therapist and you can find one in your area by going to ICEEFT.com and search by location. Or we would love to have you attend one of our workshops and we will include registration information in the show notes.